You're listening to the best of the Martha Zoller Show. You can hear the show live Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN and streaming at accesswdun.com. You can find all things Martha Zoller at marthazoller.com. It is the Martha Zoller Show, and look, across I-75 last night, someone got uh, hacked one of those, um, you know, those billboard-type things that are electronic and said, this land is our land, Heil Hitler. Now, that was on an overpass along I-75 in Cobb County. This morning, as I was driving into work at North Hall Church, uh, there was a sign that's been out there for three weeks saying, we stand with Israel, I stand with Israel. And uh, it was vandalized with someone painting Free Palestine on top of that. Look, folks, um, this has got to stop. Because, first of all, people don't know what they're talking about. The Palestinian issue has nothing to do with what is going on between Hamas and Israel. Hamas attacked civilian Israelis on October 7th and killed 1,400, maybe more. There's bodies that still haven't been found. And that would be, if it, that had happened in the United States, it would be like 50,000 people were killed. They were unprovoked. And I don't care what you perceived as a slight against you. Nothing justifies attacking civilians who are at a music festival, who are in their homes, who are taking care of their children. There is nothing that justifies that. And um, the Palestinians, unfortunately, are the pawns in all of this. Hamas doesn't care about the Palestinians. Hamas has got $500 million worth of assets including $350 million in military assets. Where do you think they got that money from? Probably money that was supposed to go to the Palestinians. There have not been Israel's in, Israelis in Gaza for 20 years. They voted Hamas in, and then Hamas suspended the elections. But I know to these people, facts do not matter. And I'm not presenting that this as if Israel is, is perfect. But they have recourse on what to do. So we're going to talk um, about all of this. Uh, but right in our own neighborhood, I was driving to work this morning. And I have noticed this sign. Uh, we, I stand with Israel. We stand with Israel in front of the North Hall Church. And I saw that it had been vandalized. And I pulled over and I bumped into my old friend, Bucky Kennedy. And Pastor Kennedy is joining me right now. Uh, he is the pastor at North Hall Church. And uh, I appreciate you being with me today, Bucky. How are you? I'm doing good, Martha. It was good to see you this morning. It's been a while. It has been. Now, tell us <laughs> how, you know, first of all, tell us about the sign and why you put it in your yard. And then what you've been doing as a church since, you know, probably ongoing, but especially since October 7th, to educate people about this? Well, the sign was just, you know, uh, we just thought it was something that we just wanted to say, hey, we want to stand with Israel. And, uh, and remember that Israel is a covenant people of God, uh, recognized by them. And, uh, you know, Scripture informs us that we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, that's, that we just wanted our community to know, hey, this is our stance. We're with Israel. 
And so what we've done as a church the last couple of weeks, we've had Murray Tillis with Light of Messiah Ministries come in and also explain to our church why Israel matters to us as Christians and uh, in the world, and also understanding Palestinians uh, uh, and who they are, and then Hamas. And I think what we need to understand is uh, Hamas is a terrorist group. Not all Palestinians are Hamas, but Hamas is a terrorist group who uses Palestinians. And you just said that, and it's recognizing that. And we pray for Palestinians to come to Christ. We, I mean, we, won't, we don't want Palestinians to die. We want Palestinians to know Jesus, just like we want the Jews that don't know Jesus to know Jesus. So our heart is for them to come to Christ, and, but also gain a biblical understanding of the conflict because uh, the geopolitical peace is always there. But what's going on in Israel, it's not about land, per se. It's about hate. And Hamas and Hezbollah and these terrorist groups, they hate the Jews. It's not about the land. It's about the people. And uh, it's a conflict that's been raging ever since uh, Israel came back in in 1948 and was established as a state. And and God's seen his promises to this people come into pass. And, and I just want to say this, you know, we don't support Israel because Israel is Christian or perfect. I mean, Israel has its own problems. There's, I mean, they have a lot of cultural issues just like everybody else in the world. We support Israel because God said that we're to pray for them. Uh, and so as a pastor, what I want our people to know is who Israel is and why Israel matters to us uh, as a church and as a country. So this morning, I was driving down North Hall, uh, Mount Vernon Road, as I do every morning, and I have noticed that sign since you all put it up, and I have supported it. I've even mentioned it on the radio that you all had this sign, and I told my friends uh, around the country that there are small churches in North Georgia that are supporting Israel, and uh, (laughs) as I... um, came down the road this morning i wasn't sure what had been painted on it the sign had been vandalized so just tell us how you found out about that and then what you guys are going to do well one of our members uh was taking his child to school this morning and noticed it and uh his wife uh is on staff at our church and he said hey somebody's messed with the sign and then he sent a picture of it and you know it had free palestine on red letters uh, written across the sign, uh, and so you know, uh, you know, we we we've got video. Uh, we, I mean, of the time that it, it got done and stuff like that. But what we're going to do is replace the sign. And and here's the deal: it's not. It, it's we're not up. I mean, we're <laughs> we're not aggravated with we're not anti-Palestine, and I think that's the issue here. Uh, that people understand, and we live in an area that if you're if you're in favor of something, you you must hate the other thing, and that's just the culture we live in. I get it, but you know we just felt like it was important to say, we hey Israel, we know you, we see you, we're praying for you. These are horrific times, and we're just standing with you. I mean, you're talking about everybody says this, Martha, but it, it it's a landmass uh, smaller than New Hampshire. I mean, you're, it's not like it's this big old place, and they are surrounded and they are outnumbered by all the Arab nations around them. Uh, so it's not like 
they're this bully on the block. And I think what you said earlier is they didn't bring this to themselves. There were innocent citizens that were attacked. This was not a military operation. This was a civilian assassination by Hamas. And I think that's the thing about it. Israel didn't provoke this. It got brought to them. And Hamas celebrated this. You know, they celebrated it, and they they thought they had done good things. I saw the most horrific video I've ever seen in my life where a man uh, has just a Hamas, I don't even want to call him a soldier because that gives him too much respect, a Hamas terrorist has just killed this woman. He picks up her phone. He calls his mother, and he says, Mother, I just killed 10 Jews. Aren't you proud of me? And the mother says... Uh, yes, I am, son. I mean, it's it's translated, but that's what it is. And I was watching an yeah. interview with Rob O'Neill, who's the guy that uh, killed bin Laden. And he said, look, in the short term, Israel has got to respond to this. And they've got to respond, not in kind, not in proportion, not in that. They, he, they've got to squash this, this terrorist uprising of Hamas. And it has to be done. He said, but in the long term, we got to teach our children not to hate each other. Yeah. Well, I think that's the issue. I mean, we are a, we are a culture that, uh, you know, we there's a lot of vitriol, there's a lot of noise out there, and uh, you know, that's we're and but we're uninformed in a lot of things, uh, and and you can go back to a lot of there are a lot of issues you can point to, but uh, what we're seeing is a uninformed. And uneducated because we don't teach history in school anymore. We we teach, we teach emotions in school. We we teach uh, indoctrination of all kind of stuff in school. And so what we're seeing happening in our culture is what happens. And again, the obvious thing that I I believe as a believer is when you become more secular, you become more divided, and and you allow hate to work its way into your culture because you remove God who is the author of love, who's the giver of love, but he's also holy. And so you have to understand that. But when you take God out of society, uh, you take the moral compass out and you create a relative idea that says my truth is whatever I want it to be. And when you take the absolute out, then everybody gets to do what's right in their own eyes. And that's what we're seeing in our culture right now. And, and that's why we're seeing the chaos that we're seeing today. So you mentioned earlier that you had video of the, I mean, do you, are you guys going to press charges? Are you going to try to find out who did this? How are you going to handle this? Well, I mean, we're going to try to figure out what happened, uh, you know, and we're going to get a new sign. It's, it's been encouraging, Martha. You know, Mount Vernon's a busy road in the morning, and we've gotten texts and phone calls from people saying, hey, we'll buy you a new sign. <laughs> so it's been good. You know, but uh, I liked but your I, first. I liked your first response was, "We want people to see what happened here." Yeah, you might replace the think, sign at some point in time, but I think people need yeah. to see what happened here. Well, yeah, we do. I wanted. I wanted to make sure that our everybody knows that anti-Semitism isn't an urban issue. I mean, it's it's in rural areas, and that you know, there's. It's it's it spreads like a disease, 
And uh, so even in rural North Hall, and I realized I've lived in much rural places than North Hall. I grew up South Georgia. So (laughs) whenever I hear about rural North Hall, I kind of chuckle. But anyway, we live in rural North Hall, and, and people do this, and they do it. Again, think about how bold you had to be, Martha. We're not a hidden church. We are on a busy street. And, and busy uh, at all times of the day. I mean, yes. it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You must have felt so, like I mean, there was no punishment. There was going to be no punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And in part of, you know, no fear. So we're going to leave it up a little bit because I think our community needs to recognize, hey, listen, uh, it's everywhere and you need one to understand the issue, two, be prepared to know what you believe. And also uh, be vigilant in, hey, this is everywhere, and we need to understand what we believe and who's with us and all these kind of things. But, you know, uh, so that's kind of what we're going to do. If we, can, so, if we can get a good idea about who did what, when, or whatever, you know, we're going to call it we, – we're going to call the sheriff's department and let them come look at it because you need, you need to have a record of these things. And, uh, you know, so I, I just love to sit down and say, hey, listen, tell me why you did this. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. why did you feel like this had to happen? So, Bucky, if people want to know more about North Hall Church, how can they do that? Well, we're at NorthHallChurch.com. And uh, I did a podcast about this with Murray and uh, Annabeth Havner, who is a who is a pilot who is a expert on Palestinian views and stuff like this. And they can find that on Bucky Kennedy ministries podcast, but we're at 4091 Mount Vernon road in, in North hall. Love to have people come see us. It's where North Georgia comes to talk. It's the Martha Zoller show on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Joining me right now is Michael Seifert, and uh, it's really great to talk to him. Uh, He is the CEO of Public Square, and I think that a lot of people are really concerned about how they're spending their money and where they're spending their money, and what do they really know about the companies where they're spending their money, and Public Square was kind of an offshoot of that. It's the conservative alternative to Amazon. It continues to thrive as more American consumers seek to out seek out products and services offered by companies that share their values. Michael Seifert, thank you so much for being with us today. Martha, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Now, tell me, have, have the events of the last month impacted people coming to Public Square and wanting to know, uh, you know, where companies stand on Israel, where companies stand on on uh, what they support and what they don't support related to what's happened recently. I would think that has impacted you. It certainly has in two ways, primarily. First is, you know, a lot of people, anytime there's foreign conflict, are reminded of the fact that it's so important to support the United States and our own economy. As the world starts to fall apart, it's more important than ever to make sure your own house is in order. And so that's driving a lot of people to support the American-owned and operated small businesses like you'll find on the platform at publicsq.com. We have over 70,000 small businesses that love this country, the Constitution, and the values that it protects. So the geopolitical turmoil is driving people to make sure that our own country is taken care of first and foremost. And the second thing that's happening is you're seeing a lot of companies reveal their true colors. When companies have stood behind BLM, for example, a Marxist organization for the last two years that now has multiple chapters around the country openly supporting Hamas, 
you're starting to question those companies and say, well, wait a second, why aren't you guys speaking out now and disavowing that sort of behavior? There's literal terrorists that are being supported by organizations that have the proud funding and backing of America's largest corporate entities. That Those types of actions are driving people to find alternatives, and the largest network of alternatives you can find in the world right now is at publicsq.com. So the, the world's events certainly um, bear witness to why it's so important that we need a parallel patriotic economy. Well, and I think that a lot of times, and these, co- these corporations are so bureaucratized, that they just look at something and go, oh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, that sounds good. That's got to be good. So let's get behind this. They don't do the research. They don't look into it. They just say, oh, that's got to be good. Because who wouldn't think that was good? Uh, and and so it shows this really, even though we're spending more and more money on the corporate side of corporations, that doesn't mean they're doing the work to make sure that the decisions they're making are sound. That's exactly right. You know, oftentimes how these sorts of decisions get made, there's a committee at the executive team that's led by an inclusion officer or a DEI specialist or, you know, kind of the ESG proxy that sits at the board level or the governance level. And they basically say, hey, this is what will keep us in the, uh, you know, positive um, uh, camp in terms of the virtue signaling crowd and the social dynamics that play in society right now. So we need to make sure we're appeasing that crowd, and therefore this is the initiative we have to go after. You know, it gets even more sinister at times when there's money involved. So, hey, we can get a better access to loans if we will prioritize a higher ESG score, and therefore we need to support this Marxist organization because it will help up the ESG score. For a lot of these companies, it's often – Uh, social engineering as a way of advancing their business's financial capabilities. What they don't realize until it's too late, as Anheuser-Busch has learned, as Target has learned, as Disney has learned, those consequences of stepping out in favor of the woke progressive crowd can be enormous. Uh, You know, the negative impact on companies like Anheuser-Busch, Target, and Disney this summer has been unparalleled. If you look at their market caps diminishing uh, $50 billion was erased in market cap from Target, Anheuser-Busch, and Disney in just 60 days. Target had its first downgraded stock in six years. Bud Light lost 26% sales from last year, all because of this corporate bureaucracy you're mentioning that prioritizes progressive virtue signaling instead of providing value simply to the customers and the shareholders. That should be a goal of a business. And we've just strayed too far away from it. So we're talking to Michael Seifert. He's the CEO of Public Square. And a couple of months ago, I talked to my old friend, Nick Ayers, about Every Life. And it is the line of diapers and baby wipes that was launched a couple of months ago. Uh, Interestingly enough, you know, very surprisingly, it's the only one of these diaper companies that actually supports pro-life movements. And, I mean, you would think a diaper company would like to have a lot of babies, but some diaper companies don't. Well, that's exactly right. You, you'd think that a lot of things today would be common sense, and uh, sadly, they turn out to be uh, not so much. I think that if you want to see a perfect example of how far the ESG and DEI community has fallen uh, in terms of their, um, their swaying of the corporate American environment, look no farther than 
the concept of a diaper company supporting abortion. It does not make moral sense or economic sense. It would be like me saying, Martha, what if I start a shoe company for men and I'm going to use a portion of the profits to fund the termination of men? It makes zero sense. And, and unfortunately for these companies, it bears consequences that can be enormous. If you look, for example, at Hello Bello, Hello Bello is one of the largest diaper companies in the United States. They did $180 million in revenue last year. But guess what? Last week they announced they are going bankrupt. And what's interesting about Hello Bello is last summer, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, Hello Bello came out and actually said that they were going to uh, they were going to contribute $4,500 per employee that wants to get an abortion. So if you wanted an abortion working for Hello Bello, a diaper company that's supposed to serve the next generation, then they would actually gladly pay for your abortion. It has become absurd. That is why we created Every Life. It is the nation's only pro-life and pro-family diaper and wipes company. You can find out more at everylife.com. And what's pretty cool, Martha, is we actually just heard from our Manufacturers Association last week uh, they said that Every Life is the fastest growing diaper company they have witnessed in modern history. So and the country is ready for solutions like this. Well, and you know, a lot of companies did that. And if you're giving that $4,500 or whatever it is, you still have to replace that person if they're out. You have to do so. It's a $10,000 or $15,000 really contribu- contribution by the company. Why not use that and give uh, parents more time off from work when they have children? You know, why not fix it on the other side? As far as making it easier for for people to have children instead of making putting all these barriers in place. I know that I'm asking a rhetorical question, but it is <laughs> what we have to look at. Okay, why not be a positive approach instead of a negative approach? And it's just simple, simple marketing. It works better every time. So I want to talk about this Amazon concept, this conservative Amazon concept, because I'm as guilty as anybody else that during COVID, when I was locked in, I got hooked on hooked on Amazon. Okay, it got to be so easy to just find what I needed, get the best price, because you do have to know what prices are to actually get the best price. Okay, but it was easy. Shows up at my door. It's easy. So. How can Public Square be used in that same way, and how can you go after something like Amazon? Well, it's a great question, and uh, don't don't feel too guilty. We we as Americans have all done it. Uh, I've certainly done it. Amazon, you're right. It's been incredibly convenient, and uh, they've really mastered the art of convenience. The unfortunate reality, though, is that uh, Amazon has taken massive leaps and strides to fund uh, the opposition to every single conservative value and ideal. Um, You know, they have acted more like a progressive authoritarian political organization rather than a functioning business. And the evidences of that are, are all over the place and fairly enormous. So our goal is how can we create a shopping experience that actually rejects uh, the, the world of DEISG and sort of the stakeholder capitalism that is more politically charged and progressive focused? And how can we instead embrace a marketplace that will highlight the American small businesses that make our communities special and provide you easy and convenient access to spend your money in alignment with those values so that you can actually shift the power structures of society back toward we the people through your wallet? And you know, it's not built in a day. I think that's one thing that we uh, encourage folks of often. We're working around the clock with some of the best developers on the entire planet to build this platform. 
but it takes time and we need our consumers to build it with us. I am proud to uh, announce this morning with you here, Martha, that this week we are actually launching our e-commerce platform. So to this date, we have been a marketplace directory. You come to the platform at publicsq.com or you download the app and you can find businesses and products that align with your America First values. And then you actually check out on their website, similar to a Yelp, for example. What we're doing this week, though, is actually launching e-commerce one shopping cart with multiple vendors so that we can continue to make the shopping experience more and more convenient. So, Martha, it's pretty exciting. Yesterday I was actually sitting on my couch and I was testing this functionality, and uh, I ordered toilet paper and a new gun holster in the same shopping cart. And uh, both will be on my doorstep by end of day tomorrow. And so I, I look at the opportunities here, and they're truly enormous. The more that we can highlight American small businesses, the more that our communities will prosper. That's actually what I'll say to close here is that, uh, you know, Amazon says they have 300 million products. But in reality, you've only ever probably seen 20 to 30 products on Amazon. And the reason that's the case is that they surface what they want you to see and they bury everything else. The ones they want you to see are the ones giving them a 35% transaction rate so that they're making an enormous amount of money off of the backs of these businesses. So you often see the small businesses can't afford that in their margins, and so they get pummeled by Amazon, and they really can't thrive in that environment. What's unique about our marketplace is that we are the first ever that is going to provide an e-commerce solution for America's small business community. 97% of the businesses on our platform, Martha, are small businesses. They deserve a voice, and we're excited for our platform to be able to do that in a convenient fashion. Well, and I will finish up this interview because I think it's a great idea, and I'm going to be using Public Square more. But you look at, at who you're going after, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, arguably one of the richest men in the world. And he he exemplifies this soft bigotry of low expectations that President Bush used to talk about. How there are these people that live in the wealthiest zip codes in the country, which, you know what? I want to be wealthy. I have nothing against wealthy people. But the wealthiest zip codes in the country have become more and more progressive because they think they know better than you do. And what we are showing them is that we can take care of ourselves. And that's what things like Public Square do. Thank you for being with me today, Steve. Thank you. Putting the talk in news talk. It's the Martha Zoller Show on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. It is the Martha Zoller Show, and it's always great to have Chris Traft back with me. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good. Good. So um, today is the 31st of October, and of course, tomorrow starts Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And while I am very happy about all the focus that goes on to breast cancer and we have come such a long way in treating breast cancer i have two friends right now that are dealing with that and have fantastic treatments the thing and it was it was uh you know brought to my attention not only because of my own family history but also in getting to know chris and getting to know dr michael uh, vincent who is a thoracic surgeon who i've known for years that you know we got a lot of work to do on lung cancer, but we're making progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, the unfortunate part in terms of lung cancer is it's just different. And and, and until you get into the cancer space, uh, you know, I unfortunately, through my wife, Keisha, was diagnosed in 2010 and, and passed in December of 2010 uh, with lung cancer. Uh, you, you don't know. You don't know the difference. You know, for most people, cancer is cancer. 
uh, and until you get into the space, then you start understanding the differences between survivor rates, and and then you get to see how that that breast cancer has done a tremendous job in in terms of research for their treatments, but more importantly for early detection, which is the key to really increasing survivorship at a a higher rate. And so wherever you have those opportunities, you can change the game with survivorship. And so I I guess, again, that's, that's the the importance of awareness right now is to really make sure that it's, it's, it's clear that historically our goal was just to get people to stop smoking, right? Which is a, a form of, of prevention, uh, but it doesn't make it where nobody gets lung cancer, right? So number one, anyone can get it. You know, my, my wife, wife didn't have a smoking history. You can get lung cancer without a smoking history. Uh, did I know that before she was diagnosed? No. Yeah, no. absolutely not. I mean, when my sister was going through it from 2008 to 2010, she was diagnosed in 2008 and died in 2010. You know, the 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 thing that, and people didn't mean it, mm-hmm. okay? They weren't trying to be unkind, but it was always, oh, did you smoke? If you told them you had lung cancer, oh, did you smoke? Yeah. Well, and that, it's and just because they didn't know any better. Well, it's, it's it's not that they just didn't know any better. That's what they were taught. Yes. So in, with lung cancer, we really have the oldest amount of awareness in terms of cancer. In 1964, the Surgeon General said uh, smoking causes cancer. Well, the the default cancer for the longest time was lung cancer. So if you if you've grown up in the in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and really up till now, you know. That smoking causes cancer, and when you think of it, you'll think of, of lung cancer. So if we want somebody to think something different, <laughs> then it's up to us to make sure they're aware and, and, and let them know that anyone can get it. And it's important for us to let them know that in 1998, the cigarette industry got indicted for over $200 billion. So somebody that, that, that does have a smoking history, so if someone has stopped smoking, right, that literally is one of the greatest accomplishments in their lives. And then somebody who is continuing to smoke, you know, it's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult thing for them to stop. And we proved it, that cigarettes, the addiction level is on par with heroin and cocaine. And it's in, in certain cases, it's greater than that. So for the person to, to stop, it's not that they are just weak, that there's something wrong with them. It's that there literally is a system that, that went after them and they need our help. And I think that when you look at lung cancer. Of course, I got involved with Angie Caton at um, North Detroit Health mm. System when I was going through this with my family. My mother, my father, my sister died of lung cancer. And, um, you know, I was just jumping up and down about early detection. Yep. There's got to be something. There's got to be. We've got to start letting people know about what's out there. And I, of course, learned about the CT scan that you can get for early detection. And we've come a long way making that available to different groups of people over the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited about. I mean, when I was initially getting that screening, I was paying for it myself because of my family history. And even though Dr. Kalab, who is a fantastic oncologist, said, Martha, we don't know that there's a family history connection. But he said, caveat, with your family history... I would probably get the screening if I were you. If I were you, I get the risk of the radiation doesn't isn't as great as the risk of your family history in his opinion. Yep. You know, so I got that screening and now I'm to the point where I get looked at about every 2 years as opposed to every year and I'm kind of over the hump. I'm 64 years old where they think that probably if I was going to get the adenocell carcinoma 
that was the kind that yeah. my sister and my mother had that I probably would have gotten it by yeah. now. So there, so that risk of radiation versus versus risk of cancer is a little bit different now. So we're not doing it as often yep. because you don't want to do that. But that's what good medical care. And I said this at the beginning of the program. Don't stay away from the doctor because you don't have insurance. Early detection is the key. The biggest lie the media has told us is that if you don't have insurance, you can't get health care. That's not true in this community. That is not true wherever you're hearing my voice. Do your basic stuff and figure it out because finding out late when you're talking about cancer or almost any kind of disease is not what you want. That's such a a great message. I mean, we have to get our checkups, right? I, I think when we say that anyone can get it, it's critical not just for... Uh, just a person on the street, but that's important for the medical community to accept that. Uh, the other part, as you said, uh, family history, that's a new concept within lung cancer because so much was just focused on, again, the connection smoking, to smoking. Smoking, smoking, uh, smoking. That, that they didn't really <laughs> not that, think I'm about. not saying smoking's good. People don't. I don't want to hear from you about that. But I'm just saying there's more to it. Yeah. Just so so that part of really looking at it and saying, yes, there's a, there's a family history and that, that that can be now a part of your history as it relates to understanding your risk factor. We know that's used in, in every other cancer and other diseases, uh, family history. But uh, in in the lung cancer case, that wasn't so prevalent. So I, I think the key is again there, that's progress right there. So it might seem like oh you know the, is it a diagnostic or another treatment? Yes, those are progress, and we've had uh, progress in those areas. But progress of knowledge, uh, progress of just again acknowledging that anyone can get it, and so that when somebody comes in and they don't look <laughs> like they could have lung cancer, so my wife would have would not have looked. <laughs> like it is changing the face of lung cancer. So we recognize that anyone can get it. And so that if they're presenting with certain symptoms, uh, to follow that up. Well, and also we're human beings. We're all different. Uh, Just because you might might respond to something doesn't mean someone else will. And uh, I have a good friend of mine that was diagnosed at the same time my sister was, She's still alive. Yeah. She's still alive and kicking, man. She's done every experimental new treatment that's come along, and she's now been able to see her children grow up and have grandchildren, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she, I remember at, at, at Linda's funeral, she, she was just so distraught, and she mm. said, why her and not me? Yeah. And there's a lot of that guilt, right? Survivor's why guilt. her and not me? Survivor's guilt. It, yeah. it, it's real. and. I think, you know, as I advocate around the world, one of the biggest things I have to do is kind of make sure people are at it, at ease as I'm sharing my story with my wife and, and let them know I choose to be happy for them, right? I understand that, that the people are unique and regardless of what my wife looks like, that, you know, there's a makeup that said that it didn't work for her. You know, certain the meds didn't work for her, that, that it, she found out late where it was stage four and, and the, the chemotherapy and other things didn't work. So everybody's different. Everybody's different. And so you know, I choose to be excited for somebody who is living and, and has a chance to spend more time with their spouse and their, their kids and, and all these amazing events that they get to do based on progress. Absolutely. So tell us what brings you here today. So, again, this is the day before. He I'm loves not, me. I'm not just one, here because it's Halloween. You know, Halloween. <laughs> I'm not just, you know, Martha's just amazing. But really, yeah, tomorrow is the kickoff of Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And so uh, 
you know, I have a, a white ribbon with me. We have Miss Angie Caton from uh, from Northeast Georgia Medical Center that is, that is here and has done a tremendous job of raising awareness uh, about lung cancer screening and, and then really has done some tremendous work in closing the gaps. Just as you, as you said, uh, you know, people need to know that there's a place for them. If they don't have insurance, there's a place. There are people that are fighting to make sure that those barriers that uh, exist, there's somebody here trying to figure out how we can get you over to the hospital, how do we get you taken care of and how do we get you home, right? So there's some tremendous people here that care, and I'm so excited about that. And then I'm excited about tomorrow that we get a chance to hang out with Gainesville High. So we make these uh, white ribbons, big white ribbons that are uh, made with love and and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and some work. They're made with love and work. And we have these young people from the high school team uh, that are going to have a chance to trace some ribbons, uh, maybe paint some ribbons, and, and then they're going to have a chance to sign them. And then those ribbons throughout Lung Cancer Awareness Month are going to go to the community. Uh, some survivors here in the Gainesville area and just, you know, this northeast Georgia area. Uh, and some to caregivers, some to people who, like yourself that are just supporters of changing things and moving things forward. And so uh, just excited to be able to do that. And hopefully with what people are able to see as we take pictures with these young people that, that uh, our high school students are amazing. Our, our young people just in general are amazing. We, you know, we have college students that are amazing. We just have to give them something to do. So a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, people aren't doing a whole bunch. And it's like, well, you know, are we giving them something to do? Because we've got amazing people in this country. If we, if we focus them, if we, we challenge them and we give them a real reason, they'll step up. Yes. And I think that's, look, it's very easy, and I focus a lot on the negative, okay, because that's just the nature of being a talk show host, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. But when I have an opportunity to talk about the good stuff, because really at the core of my message is, you need to know what's going on in the world. Yep. Well, that's all important. But you also need to have human interaction. Yes. You need to be talking to individuals. You need to figure out what's going on in your community. You've got to put the phone down and you got to talk to people. And I think that if we do more of that, yep. then a lot of these other problems are going to get solved. They will. And, and you know, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football player. You, you got, you know, I played <laughs> here five years with the Falcons. And I, and I think, you know, sometimes if we take a, a, a football perspective to a lot of things, it'll, it'll help. So as, in football, you recognize that uh, you have a plan when you go into the game, but literally there's somebody on the other side is trying to mess it up. And so you're naturally adjusting. So it's not a surprise, or if it is a surprise, you're a bad team, but you're, you're ready to adjust. And so I think at times in, in this world where we get off is when we think that it, it should just work and that, you know, that how could things, how can something get messed up? And it's like, well, it's, it's life. So how are we going to adjust? How are we going to work together? How are we going to do what's necessary to fix it rather than just complain about it? Well, I think that Keisha would be very proud of you mm-hmm. and how you have dealt with all of this over these years. And, you know, it shows the kind of man that you are. It shows that the fact that you weren't going to let this while it got you down because I'm sure it was a devastating time in your life. I mean, I lost my sister. You lost your wife, okay? I lost my mom and dad, but at least, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but they were at least in their 80s. My parents were kind of more accepting. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was, was, they knew where they were going, and they were ready to go, and it was easier to let go of them, even though I wasn't, you know, I was young, okay? But for my sister, Linda, I mean, she was fighting. She was fighting her last breath, 
and her family has not been the same. They're good. Yeah. They're different now. Yeah. Her children and her husband, they're different now. Yeah. And we're all getting together for Thanksgiving. We're going to have the Tuminella kids over. Her name was Linda Tuminella. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're having all the Tuminella kids over for Thanksgiving with their kids and grandkids. Yeah. And we're going to have a great time. And we're going to laugh. We can laugh now yeah. about Linda, even though sometimes it's sad. Yeah, it, it, it's so important. I was doing an interview the other day, and, and they asked me, you know, how quick... Did you make an adjustment after you, you know, after your wife passed? And I said I had to, I had to do it very quickly uh, because, you know, with my platform of the NFL, it was it was important that I did that because otherwise I could hurt people. And so uh, I told them I had to accept three things. You know, number one, that nothing that I did was going to bring my wife back, right? That you know nothing. You know, don't think that this walk, this you know, this interview, this nothing is going to bring her back. I got to accept that. Uh, the other one, can I be happy for people doing well? Right. Like, can, can I can I really genuinely be happy for people doing well uh, and not be a hater? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, like, man, this is, you know, that's great for you. But it didn't happen for my wife. Uh, couldn't do it. Uh, and then the other one is, am I willing to fight for people? You know, you're talking about the access that is here I and mean, fighting to educate people and know that, hey, you know, there's things out here for you. Am I willing to fight for it? And I said I had to do that early because. You know, getting with my platform from the NFL, if, if I go, you know, and do an interview and I'm like, oh, man, I lost my wife. It's just as terrible. It's horrible. You know, at a time where we need our survivors to feel more loved. And all I'm doing is talking about how I lost my wife and it's terrible. We at a time where we need to, to, to rally around people and make sure they know that there's there's hope and that they that there's, you know, that we can help navigate this thing. And I'm over here saying it doesn't matter because in my wife passed or whatever she had around her, I. Uh, and 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 so it was critical to do that so that I could can tell a message that says, well. And you met, mentioned the NFL a couple of times, and I know they've had their ups and downs over the last few years, but they've been with you yeah. on every step of this journey, haven't they? We've got about they, a minute left. They have. I was actually with Roger Goodell and uh, with the Carolina Panthers just yesterday. He was down for the game, and he's asking, how are, how are things, right? You know, same way as January 2011, right after my wife was diagnosed, he said, what can we do? And that's what the NFL has been this whole time. But the key is, is what kind of awareness do we want to raise? Is it a positive, hopeful, in the midst of the terribleness that is lung cancer? But are we going to bring this hope of love for the individual, love for the people that are going through it, making sure they know they're not alone and know that there's hope? Chris Draft, if people want to know more about the work you're doing, how can they do that? They can. Definitely go to the White Ribbon Project dot uh, org and, and check out the work that we're doing as a team. But also Chris Draft on IG and then Chris Draft on Twitter. Absolutely, thank you for being with me today. Thank you. To hear the full versions of last week's Martha Zoller shows, go to the podcast page at accesswdun.com and you can follow me on social media at Martha Zoller.